Welcome to the IMDb Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down films from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a lot of other things, including talking about everything else we've watched, and also playing in various games that we like to call Pod v Pod. I'm joined on this fine day with my usual lowly co-host, Hendo. How you going, mate? I'm going very well, Dean. Very, very well. Welcome to the brand new, brand new studio. We are finally settled in here now. Well, how do you think? I think it's amazing. Yeah? You've really decked it out beautifully. We've got the movie posters just all over the wall. I see you've added quite a number to uh, our little abode. So, that's right, our little abode. Teen Titans, go to the movies. Very bright. Well, that's what I aim for. Can't have it all being dark. How have you been? I don't want to brag, but I'm feeling don't. Pre- I'm feeling pretty sharp tonight. Why? Just had a haircut. There's nothing like a nice fresh haircut. I thought you looked a little different. Yeah, you looked well. a little bit more smug than usual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, it is it is a it's a great time for you me. You did walk in today with a commanding presence as you as you strolled in. Well, yes. It was no, it was good. It was good. I got the uh the tour of the new house, so no, it's great. You've done well, mate. Well, thank you very much. So, if this is your first time listening to us, we'd love for you to help us out by liking and subscribing to the podcast on whatever format you're listening on. Hopefully, spread the word about our podcast to all your beautiful friends and family. Let them know we're on all platforms, big and small, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically any other place you can think of. And if you really enjoy our content, why don't you head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review for us. We'd love to hear your thoughts and see how we can make this podcast better for you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you really want to get involved and help shape the content of this podcast, feel free to go over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out all the extra content we have to offer. Hendo, why don't you tell us what else we've got this week on Patreon? Well, we've just released our sixth film in the Wes Anderson series, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And since we've just reached our first goal that we were setting ourselves for, we've decided to do a breakdown of the number one movie on the IMDb bottom 100 list, Disaster Movie. Yes, we have. And what a joy that film was to watch. It was so good. It gave me so much joy. So much joy indeed. So that's the sacrifice we do for you guys. We go and watch this. This film and we break it down. Yeah, so if you're interested in checking those out, why don't you head on over to Patreon and help us out over there. And if you want to interact with us throughout the week too, we're on Twitter at IMDB Journey. I respond to everything sent our way and it is a great way to keep up to date with us as we regularly tweet what else we've been watching throughout the week. So you can leave your thoughts there too and we'll read them out on the podcast as well. As always, you can also check out our Letterbox page at letterbox.com slash IMDB Journey and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash IMDB Journey. We've been posting a lot more on our Facebook page of late, and it's great to see you guys out there commenting on what we're saying. So, yeah, it's great to communicate with the the listeners out there. It's good to have multiple sources of social media out there where everyone can interact with us. So, yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely. So, we're going to take a short break, give you a couple of promos from some awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with Pod V Pod 7. Hey, guys, check out NowThatImOlder.com every Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast, Now That I'm Older. It's a show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time with your host, Shane Smith. Woo! Wheel and dealing! Limousine right! Jet flying! Son of a gun! And Ken Baldwin. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. We talk about things that happened to us when we were younger. We talk about some random news stories, and we basically just sit around and shoot the shit. So check out NowThatImOlder.com every Thursday for a brand new episode. Thanks a lot. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws? 
which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes. I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. All right, now we're getting into Pod V Pod 7, where we take on your favorite podcast and a variety of different movie games. And you've just heard their promo. It's Alex and Julio from the Contrarians. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having us. Not a problem. So, before we start off, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves? Um, we are not Australian. Uh, we are uh, in Austin, Texas, and we have a show where we uh, battle rage against the Run Tomatoes machine. Yeah, and Julio is a legal citizen now of the United States, so he can say that he's <laughs> oh, from Austin, well Texas. So, <laughs> uh, Julio and myself worked together for about three or four years, and um, a lot of time to talk about movies and realize that people view the Rotten Tomatoes mechanism. Uh, they take it a bit too seriously, and we would talk about, oh, this movie sucks, but people think it's good because of this, or, oh, this movie's great, but people think it sucks because of this. So we decided we'd put ourselves behind a microphone and just start talking about movies so we talk about you know we make cases for movies being one way or the other and then we also talk about how we really feel about them so you don't know real pain until you have to fake talking about how amazing paul blart mall cop is <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you seen it no i haven't seen that uh i was gonna say i do love listening to your podcast it's a very fresh take on you know all the different <laughs> no movie podcasts intended. out there yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we go with the rotten and the fresh movies and, and just argue against them. But every now and then, I mean, we, we do find some, some hidden gems or, you know, movies are really being unfairly, uh, I guess, just shrugged off because Rotten Tomatoes didn't give them a high score. Yeah. Well, that's and, the point, isn't it? <laughs> right. Well, the other point is also like finding movies that are like fresh, but really they're not that good. So if, if you're a fan of a, American, American Hustle. Hustle. Yeah, <laughs> then you don't really like us that much because we hate that movie. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So why don't we get into it here, guys? Let's do it. Let's start off with our first game here, which is our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. And what we do here is both teams have five questions each to ask the other team. One point per question, and whoever gets the most points wins the round. All right, who, who wants to go first out of you two? Uh, Alex will go first. All right, cool. All right, first one we got here, the category is action-adventure. Who played the lead samurai Katsumoto, who captures and later befriends Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai? God damn it, Alex, if you don't know this one. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, I've only seen this movie once when I was like 13, so... You know, to be fair, I just gave you shit for it, and I can't remember his name. But I, I do know the actor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... Ken Watanabe, is it? Oh, that's oh, good hit. Hold well on. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. I'm so glad that they picked you, actually, because I, I don't know that I would have come up with the same. I would have said the Inception guy. Yeah. It's the same guy. You would have been right. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> okay. All right. Who, you you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. Dean's going to go first here. 
Okay, perfect. So, uh, being that we just came off the summer of Travolta, we came up with a series of uh, trivia questions rooted around John Travolta films. How classy of you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. So, so we're going to start off first uh, with Saturday Night Fever was a huge hit, so much so that there was a horrid sequel that was made to it called Staying Alive. Who directed Staying Alive? Wow. Jeez. That is the easiest one. He's a big puncher. You're too nice with that with that clue. <laughs> this is oh too nice with that clue. Big puncher. Do you mean he's? <laughs> what does that mean? I'm so glad I don't have. This I'm one. just trying to think like timeline. Like, uh... <sighs> nah, I got, I got no idea at all. I pass. Who is it? Uh, just just have a guess. Guess Dean, just for fun. Have a guess of a big punch. I don't know if you mean literally something to do with punching or just a really huge director. <sighs> no, honestly, <laughs> no, no idea. <laughs> uh, it was Rocky Balboa himself, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, no idea with that one. That is an odd, uh, odd pairing, I would yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why that movie was such a cocaine-fueled disaster. Is John Travolta in that one? <laughs> yeah, he plays the same character. It's uh, well, a, supposedly the same character. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's supposed to be the same timeline, but it, it, you know, he makes it to Broadway, and he's this big dancer, and he's got oil all over his abs, and slides right wow. up in there. It's ridiculous. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. All right, Julio, you're up. Dean, you can ask the question. Yep. Thank you, sir. All right, Julio. In the category of comedy, who directed Tropic Thunder? Uh, that was Ben Stiller, right? Oh, Man, you got easy. it. Hold <laughs> on. Well I think our questions might be a bit too uh, easy. <laughs> to be fair, that Ken Watanabe was a Hail Mary. Yeah, yes. good, good pick. Also, though. come on. A director that's a big puncher, I really thought that he had given it away. Oh, I, I didn't oh, think that when you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, so it's Daniel's turn to answer. Alright, let's do it. Alright. Well, now I feel bad, because if you guys think that your your questions are easy... Nah, uh, spare me your pity. Let's do it. Uh, alright, alright. We're due well, for a you loss. Guys, you've, you've definitely watched Pulp Fiction. So, what is the brand of cigarettes Red that Apple. they smoke in Pulp Fiction? Bravo. I, God bless. I thought it was too hard. Nah, nah, that was I, very easy, that one. I could have got that one. <laughs> That's hilarious because we thought the Sylvester Stallone was way too easy, and then the Red Apple. So it was like that's way too hard. There's no way. <laughs> Our perspective is clearly skewed after watching all these Travolta movies. We're like, of course they would know who directed Saying Alive. <laughs> well, you, you said that the um, Sylvester Stallone was the easiest one, so I'm, I'm very curious about the last ones you got here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alex, you're up. All right, what do we got next? Let's the next go category for it. is animated. What is the name of Hiccup's Dragon in the How to Train Your Dragon films? Oh, shit. Uh, My wife is going to hear this and just hate me. (laughs) Hate both of us, I guess. In fairness, probably you more than Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Why could lie and pretend that I knew the answer? I I don't. Yeah, I've seen it, and I'm going to sit over here like, oh, and act like I'm straining to think of it. But uh, Can you describe the dragon? Uh... You can't even describe the dragon. No, he's gray, and he's cute, (laughs) I'm going to throw in the towel on this one, guys. I, I, I'm i not going to get it. All right. The answer is toothless. Toothless. See, I was thinking like Blackie or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dane, let's do it. 
All right. So up next, we are going to do a phenomenon. There was a hit song that came of that by Eric Clapton. What was the title of the hit song from Phenomenon? Dan, you're letting the team down here. (laughs) You're killing me here. (laughs) You're being extra nice, Alex, because I didn't know that we're going to tell them that it was by Eric Clapton. It makes makes literally no difference. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was this song not a hit in Australia? I mean, I guess it's possible. No, to be fair, I don't don't think it was even released in Australia, this song. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This song was everywhere when that movie came out. Eric Clapton, I don't know, Layla? Like, uh, okay, that's... It's, uh, hey, there's no need to laugh. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Are we going to do the... Can we do the half point, or can... For saying Layla? No, 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 no. It, 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 neither of y'all know what it is? No. Oh, okay, it was, uh, if I could change the world. <laughs> Which, again, it, that was, like, a mega hit over here, so wow, we were I'm pretty not sure. Well. I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard oh, of that. I've never heard that. <laughs> Guys, do yourselves a favor. You don't have to watch Phenomenon, but oh, thank you. Uh, look I've up watched that. Phenomenon a few times, actually. <laughs> I'm it, sorry. It, it's the end credits uh, song, like as the as the movie's ending. That oh, get, oh, who makes the, the end credits in Phenomenon? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're setting us up to fail if, here. Pretty sure you two are the only two that have got to the end credits. <laughs> if you had watched the music video, there's no way you would ever forget because it, it just gets <laughs> branded in your brain. Okay, Julio, you're up. Okay. All right. Category is Martin Scorsese. Nice. John C. Riley plays Happy Jack in what Scorsese film? Gangs of New York. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Correct. Correct. It, uh, I went to see it for my birthday whenever it came out, and uh, it was—it's probably like the one time they released a decent movie uh, in January for like the for my birthday weekend. Every other year, it's been such shit. Like, it was like Green Hornet and Underworld. But Gangs of New York, like the latest Scorsese, I was like pretty happy about it. Awesome. Nice. All right. So, you guys are on three to our one, but we have a question here to get to here two at least. Here we go. All right. So, for Daniel, John Travolta, one of his many comebacks was the Look Who's Talking franchise. On the second one, Look uh, Who's Talking 2. Look Who's Talking 2. There is a talking toilet. Who did the voice of the talking toilet and look who's talking to? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to have you guys back on. <laughs> oh, you guys are cruel. The talking toilet. It's it's a it's a well known name. It'll be even nice. I'll, I'll be like Alex, I'll be nice. It's a comedian. I guess you would expect I that was about to say, it. yeah, they, that's not narrowing it down at all. It's not Robert De Niro doing the toilet voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm thinking comedians around that time. Yeah, okay, whatever. Like Steve Martin. That's not a bad guess. No, like, it's not. It's not at all. No. <laughs> uh, it, it was Sir Mel Brooks. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are killing us. <laughs> hey, we gave you the Pulp Fiction cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But you thought that was it. you thought that was harder than the first one. <laughs> We did, and it, you smoked that. You didn't even let him get the question out. Nah. Red apple. Wow, this is the first uh, first time we haven't. Even, we don't even need the last question. We've lost. God damn it! Three to one. <laughs> but well, let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, you guys, uh, you can collab on this one. It's a war question. Who is the only actor to be nominated for their role in Apocalypse Now? Oh boy! Can't be Martin Sheen, right? That would be too easy. I think Duval. Brando? No, right? I thought it was... Uh, yeah, I thought it was Brando, like, because I thought it was the... 
with all things against them, he still got... Even with being such a dick, he yeah. still got the nomination. I, I would think that if it was Brando, you would hear that more. But then again, Duval gets like one scene, right? So, you know, it's got to be Lawrence Fishburne, and we're going to hate ourselves. <laughs> I'm going to say Brando. You want to go with Brando? Yeah. Okay. I mean, what's the point? We're rate one anyway, right? No, Ooh. don't run it. Fucking <laughs> 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 smack. Okay, is, is it Marlon Brando? No, it's not. It's uh, Robert Duval. God. <laughs> How could you not get All that? Right. <laughs> At least I get to say I told you so to Alex. Yeah. All right, let's 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 close this loss gap here. Let's get at least this one. What do you got for us? Okay, I'm glad you guys get to collaborate on this, because uh, this, this should be fun. Oh, we can both look yeah. like idiots. <laughs> a collaboration for a collaboration. Uh, John Travolta and Kelly Preston ended up duly wed. Uh, how many movies were they in together? Oh, my God. So let's say, let's say that you get uh, a quarter of a point for each movie that you name. Oh, you, guys, you guys are so generous. What, so you're saying that... Are you saying yeah, there's, four? there's four? So you just name like you know as many as you can think I of. I can't even name any. Can't name any. No. You're, you're, Come on, guys. Nah. Okay. okay. Do you know? Do you know who Kelly Preston is? Like, can you like place her? She's or? she's blonde. Oh, she's the um she's <laughs> Top Gun, isn't she? Is that her? That's John Travolta's is not she Top Gun. Oh no, that's another Kelly. That's oh, well. That's... I mean, she's she's made other movies where she's not in John Travolta. She's uh, in Jerry Maguire. Ooh. She's uh she's Tom Cruise's fiance at the beginning of Jerry Maguire. Dean, you got any Travolta? Nah, I got nothing. I, I can't. Nothing. Uh, why don't we just say random Travolta films? Why don't we go with surely Face Off? No. <laughs> okay. Why don't we say is, is Michael? Michael is a John Travolta film. Hairspray. Yep. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about for shits and giggles? Blowout and look who's talking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm happy with those four. Go for it. How do we do? Uh, zero. <laughs> Expected. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> see, like, uh, there's, you guys have to think, it's his wife, so of course he would put her in his passion projects. So she's on uh, Battlefield Earth, and Ooh. she's on the most recent one, on Gotti, and then <laughs> there's uh, the movie where they met, which is the one that I wouldn't blame you for not getting, which is The Experts, and then there's that horrible movie he made with uh, Robin Williams, which old I haven't dogs. seen, but apparently... Old dogs. Yeah. Old dogs. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I feel bad, and I think, I think no, that, that karma... That's, a lot, that's the last time you're going to win, all right? <laughs> I, I think karma dictates that we're going to get our ass kicked on the next one. Uh, well, yeah, he's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that being said, let's get into our second game, which is... A- Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Where both teams have picked three actors or actresses, and the other team has to guess which four films are known on their IMDb known for list. All right, and since you guys went first on the first game, we'll go on this one, and I'll take the first one this time. Okay. Okay, so for the first one, we're going to go with Antonio Banderas. Okay, so we'll go Desperado. Nice. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. I'm going to say Shrek 2. No. No. Okay. Let's put some boots. Good guess, though. Uh. Hmm. Interesting. We'll go. The Mask of Zorro. Ding ding ding. Yes. All right. And. Original Sin. (laughs) Wonderful guess. I own that movie, but it's not on there. All right. (laughs) It's not your favorite Banderas movie, is it? It's just. The, the IMDb could you blame it? Could you blame us if it was? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What were the, what were the others? 
So the other two were uh, 13th Warrior. Mm -hmm. Which, who directed 13th Warrior? That's like a known. Is that McTiernan? I think that's John McTiernan. Nah, you got me. And then, uh, and then there's a uh, Pedro Almodovar movie, uh, The Skin I Live In, which I'm surprised uh, that's up there. All right. Who's going to go first that he used to? Julio's going to go first this time. All, all right. right. Let's do this. All right, Julio. Uh, we'll go Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ooh. God damn it. I'm <laughs> uh, going to go with uh, Mission Impossible 3. No. Damn. Uh, I kind of want to say Magnolia, but that's more like on that me list, not a, not a Philip Seymour Hoffman list. Um, there's that movie he did with De Niro where he was like a, a drag queen. But that also. Uh, let's go with Almost Famous. Correct. Wow. Um, all right. Two left. Two left. You know, if we're going to do PTA, it's probably Boogie Nights rather than Magnolia. So let's do Boogie Nights. No. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Alex is banging his head against the <laughs> table here. Uh, okay. Do I keep going down the Boogie Nights, uh, the PTA train? Or do I do I switch gears to something else? Uh, what else is he done? Uh Something more recent, maybe. What was, what was he doing before? Oh, he did that movie with uh, Ethan Hawke. It's before the devil knows you're dead. That might be too, like, too small. This is like me watching a car slowly fall <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope this soundtrack is at least uh, interesting. Um, you know what? We're going to go with, with the De Niro one. Because what the hell? Why not? Flawless? No, it's not. <laughs> They're like, what is flawless? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know right. that movie well. <laughs> okay, so you you missed out on PTA's The Master. Oh, how did I not do uh, uh, Hold on, real quick. Uh, this doesn't count for anything, but uh, Capote's on there, right? Of course. Of course Capote. Yeah. Did not even think about his Oscar win. And is Punch Drunk Love the other one? Nah, the last one's pretty tough. It's Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, that's a great movie, though. That's one of Alex's favorite yeah. movies. Well, like, there you go. And we both love The Master, yeah. so this is embarrassing. Oh, how dare you? We both hate The Master. Yeah, The Master's terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well let's stop up. this right now. We're going to have, we're gonna have uh, a Master discussion. We're throwing hockey collars and punches from thousands of miles away right now. It'll be a happy conversation between you two, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, you're up. All right, Dean, up next is Kristen Bell. Hmm, that's tough. All right, this might take a while. <laughs> uh, and yeah, to be fair, Kristen Bell's yeah, it's it'll take some mulling over. So okay, what about Frozen? Boom! Ding ding ding! Nice. Yeah, that nice. would be like the gimme. I would think. Not not for me. That one surprised really? me. So yeah. Have you seen Frozen? I have, but uh, I I always get thrown off about animated. I've, stuff. I've seen uh, it about thirty times with my young kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ding, Bravo. Ding, ding. Okay, nice. now now I can relax. I'm not going to completely embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica Mars. Yes. Yes. Ooh. I'm on fire here. Clean sweep, Dean. Come on. First time ever. Clean sweep. Okay. One more. Oh, was she in like a recent like group of girl movie? Um, oh, what was it called? It was. Oh, um, Bad Mums. No. Oh. And actually, I'm thinking like maybe this is, we didn't think about this through because really 
two of the four, one is Veronica Mars the movie, and the other one is Veronica Mars the TV oh. show. <laughs> when you said when you said Veronica Mars, did you did you mean the TV show or the movie? <laughs> Both, of course. <laughs> how, how did you not get that? From? <laughs> okay, so I think it's only only proper to do like a three point five on this. Yeah, one. yeah. Let's yeah. say three point five. Oh, I'll take that. Sure. Yeah. I am a proud contributor to the Veronica Marsh movie Kickstarter fund. Oh, nice. So, I don't know if you guys knew when like when that thing happened, but it was like it was huge for like 2 days in the states where like they they got their they met their goal like within 24 hours. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, like all the I mean, I don't know how big Veronica Marsh is like overseas, but here, I mean, it's not, re- it has, not really like, a cult yeah. following. Well, that's more impressive even than that that you guys got it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was excellent. Bravo. Good job, Dave. <laughs> all right. What do we got? Julio, you're up. Am I going to be Alex? No, yeah, I'm Yeah, I, I embarrassed myself with Phyllis Umar Hoffman. Oh, you did too. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Yeah, Alex, you're up. Okay, here we go. Uh, we've got Clive Owen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Children of Men. Very good. Good. Um, Closer. Very good. Nice. By Dean Sanders, you can relax now. <laughs> yes. You <guys> have to <laughs> That's the only standard you need to worry about. Control? No. Mm. What the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, it's an amazing, it's a wonderful Clive Owen movie directed by David Schwimmer. Um, <laughs> Yikes. I know that sounds fake. You're, but, you're yeah. not supposed to go for the deep cuts. You're supposed <laughs> to go for the ones that would be on his page. Oh, okay. I mean, I said relax, but I didn't mean relax that much. Shoot him up? No, it's not there. Ah. I would have said shoot him up. Oh, okay. The other two are Inside Man ah. and Gosford Park. I never would have gotten Gus for Never would have. And I've seen that movie, and I like it, but I... All right. Well, the good news is I I haven't humiliated myself thus far. <laughs> no, you did all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, heading into the last round here, uh, we're on five and a half, and you guys are on three. All right. Okay. So this is a collaboration, right? That's you right. You two can collaborate on yep. this one? Yeah. All right. All right. So last but not least, the man, the myth, the legend, excuse me, JCVD, Jean-Claude Van Damme. All right. All right. Let's have a quick chat okay. about this. So, Tom Cop. Okay, that's yeah. That could be blood one of sport. Them. Yeah, these aren't our answers. Yeah, no, we're, just, we're, we're talking. Punk up, blood sport, <laughs> JVCD, whatever it is. That, that could be it. I think there's also um, Universal Soldier. About Le- or was it Legionnaire? That probably is not there. No way. All right, so I know he's in Expendables too. Probably, that's probably not. No, nah, that's that's oh, way. Probably, probably fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just a great movie. That's what that is. <laughs> I'm thinking Hard Target. Like you, you want to? What is he known for? It's like it's very. See, I don't know. Like, hard target. Yeah, but that's it's about what most normal people know about, well, not I'm, you. I'm normal. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the, his stuff from the late '80s and the early '90s. So I'm, I'm definitely like it has to be Bloodsport. Do you want to go there first? Yeah. All right, Bloodsport. Good. Well done. Okay. Off to a good start, guys. That's right. Time Cop was his biggest hit. I think Universal Soldier was his bigger hit. Time Cop was his biggest. Do you want to go both of them? Yeah. All right. We got Time Cop. Nope. Nope. See? Oh, what? And Universal Soldier. (laughs) Also, surprisingly (laughs) enough, no. Shit. Okay. Um, So, do you want to go Hail Mary Expendables 2? Oh, God. Like, what did he do after, like, (laughs) no... What did he do after... They laughed. That's not a good sign. (laughs) Well, I laugh at the oh, God, because that was so genuine. (laughs) What did he do after Nowhere to Run? Around that time of maximum risk and no oh, other run. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I think he skipped to like JCVD and Expendables too. So if you I think, go, you I think go, we should hit up a modern one. Do you want to go Expendables two or JCVD? JCVD. 
You sure? Wait, don't call me. Yeah, uh, JCVD. You sure? Well, no, I'm not sure. Who knows? I, I want to go Expendables 2. Alright. I'll take this one. Expendables 2. Sadly, no. Gosh. As good a movie as that is. Alright. We have Bloodsport up here. Uh, in addition to, we have Kickboxer. Okay. Uh, Double Impact. Oof. And then, of course, the seminal classic co-starring Dennis Rodman, Double Team. Oh, yeah, all early oh, 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I watched Shit. Double Team in theaters. It was Whoa. like the only thing that was playing that I My thoughts seen. and prayers go out to you. <laughs> that's all I remember. All I remember is going in because there was nothing else that I, that I hadn't seen. Because a different person came out. And then I remember out. walking out. <laughs> <laughs> person with a deep appreciation of Dennis Rodman's acting talents. <laughs> Okay, so we're on six and a half, and you're on three. So you need to get all four here to win. My God. It's it's possible. We can do it. It is possible. It is possible. All right. So gone for Morgan Freeman. Oh, so many options. Uh, Shawshank has to be. You think Shawshank? Uh, seven? Seven. When I think of Morgan Freeman, I think seven, Shawshank, uh, Deep Impact. List. Bucket list, dude. With those weird uh, algorithm on this IMDb page, man, I'm telling you. Uh, what else do you think uh, when you think March of the Penguins? Do you think they'd be like, I'm gonna mess with them? And they're in our heads. They went with it. You got to get all four to win. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. Uh, I mean, the the good thing is that no. Uh, one of the Batman movies has to be on there. Oh, or all three of the Batman movies. Now we're fucked. Because we can't... If you had to pick one, you would pick The Dark Knight Returns, right? Well, for one... Oh, the Dark Knight. I was going to say, Christopher Nolan did not direct a movie called The Dark Knight Returns, but... Uh, it is a great movie, though. Oh, no, no, no denying that. Um, so I'm going to say Shawshank. Seven has to be there. Seven. Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. I assume that's... Anyone... The key grip has that in his IMDb <laughs> credits. So, uh yeah, I don't know what the fourth one would be. Um, so let's start off Shawshank Redemption. No, nah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say is the good thing is, like, as soon as we miss one, then we can relax and we can yeah. just, like, eh, we're just start this. throwing stuff out of our asses. Uh, now I can say Deep Impact without feeling bad about it. <laughs> uh, I Mind you, I was, absolutely, I was absolutely shocked that Shawshank was not on that. Yeah, I mean, it's like fairly high in, uh, in your list, right? On the IMDb list. Number one. Number is still higher. number one? Yep. Wow. Quick sidebar. Wasn't 1994 just like a total murderer's row? Oh, yeah. yeah. Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump. Yeah. That was a great year. You said seven, seven? yeah? Yeah. Seven is on there, yep. Okay, good. Uh, so, Dark Knight? No. Mm. Oh. See, and now, that's that's what I mean. Like, now we're down the rabbit hole because now you, you're thinking, if Dark Knight's not there, is it like that none of them are there or is it that Dark Knight Rises is there so I'm gonna take there's two left so I'm gonna take one so you can take one is the bucket list on there no no that was uh, your last okay. pick by the way <laughs> well I'm so glad because if the bucket list had been there I just would have lost faith in the you, system altogether <laughs> you have not mentioned the other three films at all yet the other three were Driving Miss Daisy okay oh, duh. Million Dollar Baby Oh, but but Freeman is the best part of that movie. So there is no best part of that movie. And Invictus. Invictus <laughs> never would have gotten Invictus. The Matt Damon Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, Matt Damon Clint Eastwood soccer movie. Wow. Yeah, he plays Nelson yeah. Mandela, doesn't he? Yeah, he's Nelson yeah. Mandela. 
Classic he does. Classic I remember movie. He, he, <laughs> he got nominated for it. I remember. Hey, I was it was in theaters forever. I remember like yeah. week after week. I kept waiting for it to go away, and it was still bringing in the senior citizens. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we ended up on a score of six and a half to your four. So I guess we're tied going into the last round. So as we like to see it, the listeners are going to decide who wins this match. And for our final game, it is our movie draft. All right, and as usual, we've let you guys decide what the draft's going to be, and what have you gone with? Uh, we decided to keep it simple. We're just going to go with the obvious Keanu Reeves movies, following up your, your Matrix episode. All right, fantastic. Awesome. So, the next thing is to decide who do you want to go first, out of you or us? Um, do you usually have the guest go first, or have you been alternating? I don't remember. No, you, like, we always let the guest decide who, yeah. what, what you want to do. So, what are you thinking, Alex? Do we go first and pick one? Or do we let them go first and then we pick two? Well, we disagree heavily on Keanu Reeves movies, so... That is true. Um, we should have talked this through a lot more <laughs> before we got here. <laughs> uh, they're nice enough, to, nice enough to have us. Let them go first. Yeah, there you go. Let's, let's do that. And then we can blame it. If we lose, we can blame that on the fact that they On their first. hospitality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And who do you want to pick out of us two to go first? I think... Based on the history of the show, well, I mean, I guess actually it doesn't matter because you guys always win. But but I, I'm gonna say let's let's have Dean go first. Aww. All right, we, and we have to thank you for your generosity for picking us first. We were sitting here praying. I cannot to go believe, first. <laughs> cannot believe you let us go first. All right, I'm gonna take the clear number one off the board, The Matrix. Very good. Yeah, that, I think that was the one thing we all knew. Like when we talked about this, we we're like, whoever goes first can kind of pick The Matrix, and after that, it gets dicier. <laughs> And whoever picks the Neon Demon immediately loses. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, that's I'll not on our list. i that off my list now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that, that should be on no one's list. Who wants to go first out of you, Sue? It doesn't really matter because you're both in the same round, so whatever you want to do. Uh, I'll go first, Speed. Speed, there okay. You go. All right, Julio, what do you got? I'll take John Wick. Okay, very good. All right, and you are right. This is where it gets dicey. <laughs> Gotta get those, uh, those Johnny Mnemonic... Not, <laughs> <laughs> nah, no way. I'm going point break. Ooh, good, excellent, good. So trying to throw him off, make forget about his good movies. You nearly did it. All right, I'll take Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> All right, Alex, it's you. Uh, Street Kings. Thank you. <laughs> did I take yours? No, but I mean, I'm glad that you you picked that and oh. not something that I was gonna hate. Um, yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not rocking the earth the day the day the earth stood still or anything like that. <laughs> um, so I have two options, but I'm thinking, you know what, Alex, I'm gonna go with my heart because I'm one of those people that thinks the sequel is actually better than the original. I'm gonna go with Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure, Bogus Journey, Journey. <laughs> you know what I mean. I do. <laughs> All right, very good. Okay, uh, I've got one here before we do a collaboration. Let's see. I'm going to take, mostly because I think that the sequel is actually better than the first, I'm taking John Wick 2. <laughs> I was about to make the comment that I was surprised that nobody had taken John Wick 2 yet. But, I mean, neither you or I have seen it, Alex, right? Correct. Yeah, wow, so. you got to say it. I, I think it's better than the original. I All I know is that it's, it was divisive compared to the first one. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. It's it's on the list. All right, we've got our last pick. All right, Dean, what what are you, what are your thoughts here? 
Oh, there's so much quality Reeves acting to choose from, though. <laughs> I, I, I personally think that they're... I, I feel like we need to do the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Devil's Advocate. All right, we're picking Devil's Advocate. That was that was an actual... Were you were you guys serious? Yeah, we're going for it. <laughs> it's a wild card round. So are you just, like, appealing to, like, I don't know, like... The lowest common denominator in the audience, or do you do you really like like this movie? How dare you talk about our <laughs> listeners that way? <laughs> How dare you? I live in a country where people voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should know how these voting things work. Then you watch, you watch the comments. They're like, "I'm voting strictly for Devil's Advocate." <laughs> we unfortunately know how they work all too well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Watch your last bit, guys. You can talk about it. Oh Jesus. Okay, so what do we have left? Uh, I mean, you got a lot of gold out there. We can we can pander to a sector of the audience that hasn't been recognized yet, which is like the romantic. We have side not of the lake house. On, oh, or we could cover all Sandra Bullock fronts and take the lake house. <laughs> uh, I mean, speed's not a love story, but the lake house is. <laughs> the the hell it's not. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, I like Matrix Revolutions, but no one Fuck else does. Fuck you, dude. I was about to make fun of Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> Did you say Revolutions? Yeah, I'm a big fan of that one, but no Yikes. one else is. <laughs> we can hear the shock across the ocean <laughs> all the way from Australia. Uh, I mean, people like Constantine. Oh, I forgot about Constantine. People like 47 Ronin. Some do. Uh, um, honestly, uh, and this is not like me picking it, but uh, I think he's really good in The Gift. But it's not, I mean, it's not a Keanu uh, vehicle. And I don't know if people would vote for it as a, you know, representative of Keanu's career. Remember when he tried to do comedy and did the replacements? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I'm feeling that Lake House vote. You have to convince me otherwise. It does have the supernatural aspect to it. That's time travel. I would, I would. For me, that would be a I mean, deal breaker. Who are any one of four of us to question Sandra Bullock? She has an Oscar. Two Sandra Bullocks <laughs> That's and, right. on our list. That should like get us to win, right? Screw it. Let's do it. Are we doing this? Yeah. All right, the lake house. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all right. I yeah, think that's, that's not a bad pick. pick. That's so generous. After after they got the Matrix, they're like, we, it doesn't matter what we pick. <laughs> hey, you let us they, get the Matrix. <laughs> they had already popped the cork on the champagne. They were already you know, oh, yeah. feet up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh All right, guys, let's take a look back at the draft picks here. We've got The Matrix, Point Break, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, John Wick Chapter 2, and The Devil's Advocate. And you guys have got Speed, John Wick, Street Kings, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and The Lake House. So we'll post this draft about 24 hours after we upload the episode for you, the listeners, to go and vote on who you think has the best draft. I think those last two picks are really representative. Of- I was about to say, both of those lists are really strong in the front and then just fall apart at the end. <laughs> mm. the, the Devil's Advocate and the Lake House are just, it's really us <laughs> trying to, to just manipulate this, this election somehow. Pan- it's going some- to a, a select audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We really need to pick five each this time. <laughs> <laughs> the Pacino Bullock demographic, man. It's going right. to be divisive. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it here. Thank you very much, Alex and Julio. We had yeah, a blast thanks today. Thanks so much, guys. This was awesome. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for so having us, So much fun, yeah. So where can the listeners find you? Pretty much everywhere that you find podcasts. So we're on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, TuneIn. What's the other one? I don't know. You can, Squarespace? 
Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Our, our website is wearethecontrarians.com, so you can definitely find everything there. Uh, and then, yeah, you can just do a search for The Contrarians. On, on Twitter, we are at, uh, at Contrarian Prime. Uh, and that's usually me tweeting. Uh, Alex tweets from at Contrarian Alex. Julio hasn't given me access to our main Twitter yet. He doesn't trust my late night ramblings. So. <laughs> I'm protecting it from all the wrestling tweets. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I'm at Contrarian Alex. If you want to follow a 90-10 ratio of wrestling and MMA to everything else. Yeah, and if you have issue with with how we talk about fresh movies or how we praise rotten movies, you can also email us. If you if 240 characters are not enough for you, uh, we're at wearethecontrarians at gmail.com. So I should cover it. All right. So once again, thank you very much for coming on. We'll see how we go with these results. And yeah, we'll love to be back on some other time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. So it's time for this week's... Answer my question! The question, jerk! And the question we gave to you listeners this week was, what is your worst film of 2018 so far? And we got a couple of comments, Dean. We got a couple of comments. It's good to hear. Yeah. First one here from the Ghost of the Stratosphere. What? Hereditary. Fight me. I think a lot of people would. Come on. How is that the worst? But they did change their mind. (laughs) What? Wait, I did truly despise Hereditary, but I forgot an even worse one I saw. The Strangers Pray at Night. That sounds a lot better, mate. Never heard of it. From Strictly Talking, I think we've got another joke answer here. Eighth Grade was the worst movie I've seen this year. Is it the only film you've seen this year? Film strippers said, has everyone forgotten about the Cloverfield Paradox by now? I'd hope everyone did. Gee, we are getting some odd answers on this one from the Tasteless podcast, A Star is Born. Ugh, Bradley Cooper. Wow. I mean, Jeez. I haven't seen it, but the worst? The Unlucky Ones podcast said, are you implying that Duck Duck Goose is not a cinematic masterpiece? Well, have you seen the film? In session films say Sicario 2 or The Predator. Take a pick. Either one suffices. From Ian Bullocklock, it's between The Open House and 1517 to Paris. I'm thankful to say I haven't seen either of those and don't intend to. Never even heard of Open House. You're lucky I haven't, Dean. From Movie Drone Podcast, the nun for me, but my co-host kind of liked it, but he's an idiot. (laughs) I know how you feel. I know how you feel about that. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) Ryan McQuaid says life itself. Next up, from one of my personal favourite podcasts I listen to, Blockbuster Mentality, Fallen Kingdom, Steaming Pile. I hear you, fellas. From Tom Schutzer, it's a tie for me, but I know I wasn't the target audience for Uncle Drew, so the title definitely goes to The Nun, which was the least interesting, least scary, and most telegraphed horror movie I've seen in years. It set the genre back decades. I'm glad I didn't see it. From Jessica Butter, uh, I don't think she's interested in this feed because she's trying to mute us for some reason. <laughs> Jesus. Or maybe she just didn't like the film Mute. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell with some of these. <laughs> the Film Inquiry Podcast Network said, Action Freaking Point. That's a quality pick there, my friend. From one of our absolute favourite listeners, Ben Mulverhill, Slender Man for me, a baffling film in the sense that it seemed like they didn't have to make any cuts in post-production and instead had to add boring landscape shots and pointless dreamlike imagery just to extend the runtime to feature length. Ouch. From the latest losers on our Pod V Pod, The Contrarians, the only reason you're not being flooded with Gotti picks is because nobody watched Gotti. <laughs> but that's the worst so far. Uh, fair enough. From Mac the Ripper, Day of the Dead Bloodline. Colby Pryor said, still not sure how Fallen Kingdom exists. I mean, someone actually said, yeah, this is great. Let's shoot it. Then they said while shooting, yeah, this totally works. This isn't dumb at all. Damn, that damn, damn movie, man. 
And our last one here from Sean McLean, a real toss-up between The Predator, Happy Time Murders, Truth or Dare, and Hurricane Heist. But the winner, winner, quote-unquote, has to be The Happy Time Murders. I laugh more at the other nominees than I did at this supposed comedy. But thank you, everyone, for your replies there. But it is time to get to our bottom five films of the year. All right, Dean, what's your number five bottom film of the year so far? Okay, for me, get started on a nice, easy kids' film, Duck, Duck, Goose. Okay, okay, understandable? I don't think you're going to argue with any of these. No, of course not. What about you? What was your number five? It is Fahrenheit 451. Mm, Trash. Haven't seen it. Garbage, don't. What's your number four, sir? Escape Plan 2. Ooh. The gripping sequel without Schwarzenegger and hardly any Stallone. Sounds riveting. Ooh. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Number four. Can I offer you a game of truth or dare? Mm-hmm. Uh, from what you've said, no. Oh, okay, fine. What about your number three? I can't believe it's only number three. The Basement. <laughs> you gave that a terrible review a while ago. Oh, it's a shocker. What about you, number three? Uh, it was mentioned earlier on, Action Point. Terrible. It's god-awful. <laughs> All right, what's your number two? Fifty Shades Free. Oh, boy. That uh, ended up at number seven for me, so it wasn't too far behind. That's one you got me to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Lost a bet to watch that movie. That's right. Damn you, sir. Damn you. <laughs> well, my number two is The Week Of. Hmm. Okay. There's two hours of nothing. I've got to say I don't agree with that. To be Why honest. not? Because that's my number one. That's right. <laughs> the week of my current worst film of 2018. And I'll finish it off here with my worst film of the year so far, which is Siberia. Sigh. Yep, absolutely spot on reaction there, Dean. All right, let's get into the final four matches of our Sweet 16 and our Best Director Tournament. Let's take a look here. In our first match here, we had Christopher Nolan beat James Cameron 68% to 32%. No surprises there. Uh, Next match, we had Stanley Kubrick over Peter Jackson, 67% to 33. And next match here was an absolute blowout. Steven Spielberg, 91% victory over Ridley Scott. And finally, Martin Scorsese reigns supreme again, 69% over David Fincher. All right, so we're into our final eight here. Let's take a look at the eight seeds here. We still have our number one seed, Christopher Nolan, our number two seed, Steven Spielberg, our number three seed, Martin Scorsese, our number four seed, Stanley Kubrick. No surprises, all four of those are still in the mix here. Our number five seed is also still there, Alfred Hitchcock. Number six is still there as well, Quentin Tarantino. So these seeds are pretty spot on so far. Jesus. But our number seven seed is not there. Who was that? Charles Chaplin actually Ooh. got knocked out last time by the number 23 seed, the uh, the underdog here, Joel and Ethan Cohen. And number eight seed was out a little while ago too, but in their spot is the number nine seed, Akira Kurosawa. Oh, nice. So those are your eight directors left, and we'll find out next week what the matches are going to be. All right, so we're going to take another quick break here, give you a couple more promos from some awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with what else we've been watching. Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday... You can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father, after all. (laughs) Yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, You can listen to the In Session Film podcast on... iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete just one? Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. 
No, 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 no. That's not how this works, sir. Hey, no, you, you, no, no, you no. go cry at Midnight Special again, oh, okay? That's oh, what you're I good will. for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going to pummel me? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy it that. That's just how <laughs> do you like podcasts? Do you like listening to podcasts? Do you have ears? Do you like Justin and Chrissy? The That's our names. I know. We have a podcast. It's called So I Married a Movie Geek. Check out this clip where we talk Star Wars sex. Uh, this is I don't know how to explain this articulately, but the what quote unquote gives me lady boners as far as this goes is not a person and not like especially not like a guy where you know like hair support or, or Luke or you know even if I swung the other way and said, Ooh Leia. What do you want? Ewoks like stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I mean little double Ewoks. If I if if I were gonna go that route, I would just go for Chewbacca. Like, why do I need two stacked on top of each other? I can have Chewbacca. So you like movies? Do you like good times? Check us out. We're so I married a movie geek at Movie Geekcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, all those other things. We'll see you at the movies. Okay, as always, for this section of what else we've been watching, we will not be spoiling the movies we talk about, so have no fear if you haven't seen them yet. Okay, Doug. Dean, how many films have you seen recently? I've seen ten recently. Ten? Not bad. Five of them were yesterday. <laughs> wow, you had a big day yesterday, I, I see. did, I did. Uh, what about you? I've seen nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, why don't we kick it off with you, Dean? What's your number ten film? Okay, my number ten film is 22 July. Ah, okay. That's a new Netflix film, I believe. It is. Do you know anything about it? I actually haven't heard anything about it. So, this film focuses on the true story of the 2011 massacre in Norway that saw 77 people dead and over 200 wounded. Okay. So, this is a story I'm actually pretty familiar with. I watched, I do enjoy watching a lot of true crime documentaries, and I did see one on this subject matter a few years ago. Okay. Because it's really fascinating what happened. Basically, a man with very strong political views dresses up as a policeman, drives a van full of explosives to a Norwegian parliament house, blows it up, and then drives to a teenager's summer camp, basically. Takes a boat across to an island, dressed as a policeman, and opens fire, stalking these kids through tents, through forests, shooting them in the water. It's honestly, it is horrific. Wow. It is absolutely horrific. And what is it? Is this a documentary about it? Or is this like a a, a retelling story? This is a retold story by Paul Greengrass, who directed the Bourne trilogy. Now, I actually watched this documentary again about a month ago when Shane came over one night, and it was very, very fresh in mind when I put this on. Okay. Now, when I put it on, I saw it's two and a half hours long, which honestly, I thought, gee, this... This could be a bit of a slog. Mm -hmm. I thought they would spend a lot of time setting up his motivations for it. And then, obviously, the majority of the movie on the island. Yeah. The problem I have with this movie is that it focuses the majority of screen time to the events that take place after the man's arrested. Okay. So, what you get is a lot of um, stories about people recovering through their wounds. You get a bit of courtroom drama, but for me, it just felt really hollow. It felt like the movie didn't have a lot to say about it. Yeah. And I felt like having seen the documentary and actually knowing a bit more about it, it actually doesn't tell you a lot. 
Like, and what it does show you, whilst there are some chilling scenes on the island, obviously, I thought it could have been a lot better. I yep. thought it wasn't effective in its storytelling, which ultimately left me a bit, left me wanting more when the movie finished, unfortunately. It's basically one of those films where it's like, they've done the doco so well, why do I need this retelling movie? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which most of them are, really. Like, what what films are better than the documentary that they're portraying? Yeah, fair point, Hendo. Cool. All right, what's your number nine film? All right, my number nine film is Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's got to be an effective children's movie, no. at least. Well, okay, yeah, maybe it is an effective kids' film. Yep. But I'm not a kid, Yep. and I can't judge it as a kids' film. Then why are you watching these kids' films, you sicko? Because I watched it with my kids. But for me, it is lame. 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 Like repeated poo jokes? <laughs> Pretty much every joke falls flat in this film. Like, hey, Adam Sandler, here's a tip. It's okay to do a couple of situational jokes here and there to set up, like, the shtick of your film. It's another to have half of your film full of them. And none of them are funny. It's just lazy, to be honest. Like, there didn't really seem to be any thought How put into this dare film you at call all. The genius that is Adam Sandler lazy. It takes a lot of effort to keep going on these vacations. Oh, no, hold on. <laughs> He didn't even for this one. Just sat in a studio. It's a fake vacation. <laughs> I mean, the movie has vacation in it. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's not offensively bad. And it's not a slog to get through, like, the week of, per se. It's just not that funny. Like, my kids loved it, okay? That's fine, then. It's clearly for their target audience. So, good on them for making another bucket load of money for very little effort. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. Well said. Bastards. <laughs> All right, we've got the one review here for Hotel Transylvania 3 from Arcade Castle. So the main flaw with this movie is there is very little character development. What little there is is wasted. What could have been a story about him coming to terms with his wife's death and learning to live again after raising his child is swapped for a movie with fart jokes and the Macarena. It fails because it relies upon situational humor it doesn't fully take advantage of. Visual gags are fall flat, outdated jokes and references, and has little going for it for children or parents. Largely forgettable. Not to mention the main villain is really gross to look at. That all sounds pretty accurate, I reckon. Pretty standard. Okay, Dean, what's your number nine? My number nine is one of the movies you gave me to watch, Bone Tomahawk. Okie doke. Not a, not a good film? I mean, it's just, it's just very generic. Okay. It's a super simple story, sort of set in the Old West a bit, but yeah. it's, it's just not a lot to it. But having said that, that there's not a lot to it. It's overly and unnecessarily long. Yeah. Yeah, and you really feel it. A lot of the scenes just crawl by, a lot of repetition. Matthew Fox is in it, and- Oh, jeez, remember that guy? Yeah, he's bad. Yeah. Like, he's bad in everything I've seen him in that isn't Lost. And to be honest, when I rewatched Lost recently, he's not very good in that either. <laughs> the villains are a group of savages lacking any personality or identifiable qualities at all, so you can't really relate with them. The action is not bad, though. It's just really rare. Like, there's hardly any action in this film. Okay. Kurt Russell is obviously the main star of this film. He is pretty good. He, he normally is. But honestly, Richard Jenkins is fantastic in this film. Nice. He's unrecognizable almost. Really? Like, it took me a while to actually realize, like, holy shit, Richard <laughs> Jenkins, he's awesome. But yeah, for me, just very generic, bit of a throwaway film. I don't okay. recommend it. Okay, I won't watch it then. All right, what's your number eight film? Well, in the vein of your number nine, my number eight is a film that you recommended to me. Oh, nice. I actually watched all four of the films you gave me. Yeah, I watched all the ones you gave me as well. Yeah, it just shows how quickly we want to get through these. Yeah, we put we put a one week per movie um, sort <laughs> we just of- smash them out. Yeah. Let's just do them. <laughs> 
Got to get these out of the way. That's right. So, in saying that, my number eight is Midnight in Paris. Oh, come on. No, it's not good. I, I didn't like this at all. Okay, let's get the good thing out of the way. The one thing that stood out for me, the screenplay. I thought it was very well written. I thought that was quite good. But other than that, it really doesn't have any other redeeming qualities for me. Like Owen Wilson, he just comes off so annoying in this film. In fact, everyone does, to be honest. Like, they act so pompous and better than everyone else. They've got no redeeming qualities at all. But the the worst part, it's just so boring, man. Really? I wasn't bored at all watching this film. I like this film. It doesn't go for that long, but it it feels like a drag. Didn't you enjoy, like, all the old-style stuff? No, it didn't. No culture to you. That's your problem. I don't, try to give you a movie with some culture, don't go and you and sit, sit there, there and go, oh, they think they're so good. Well, don't you sit there going, oh, how dare you not get involved in the culture? I'm so cultured myself. You, no, there's no culture to you. Because of it, you pretentious prick. <laughs> but yeah, after seeing this film, I'm honestly glad I haven't seen too many Woody Allen films. And I think I might keep it like that. Yeah, I don't mind him. All right, fair enough. What's your number eight film? My number eight film is another film you've given me. Oh, jeez. But, but... We're now into a recommend for all my Ooh, remaining. Movies. Wow, that is a big stretch of recommends. I watched a lot of pretty decent movies this week. Well, my recommend started number five, actually. So yeah. five out of nine, still better than half. Okay, so the movie is A Silent Voice. So A Silent Voice is an anime about a young man who is ostracized by his classmates after he bullies a deaf girl to the point where she moves away. Years later, he sets off on a path for redemption. All right, so this is such an interesting film for me. A lot of positives, but also a lot of negatives. Firstly, the first half of this movie is extremely confusing. Have you seen this movie? Yes, I have. Okay. It's extremely confusing. Yeah, I, can I was agree struggling with that. and I was like, I'm sort of feeling like, gee, am I missing stuff here? And I was watching it with my wife and Brit said the same thing. She goes, man, this is hard to follow. Like, it really is. The Japanese names are really long and I struggle to actually keep up with who was what name. So it makes it hard when characters are talking about other people and you actually don't know who they're talking about. Mm-hmm. There is a massive time jump in it that does feel really clunky and continually jumps back and forth for a while. The artwork, while often gorgeous, does leave something to be desired though when it comes to character design. The characters for the most part all look really, really similar, which didn't help my viewing experience at all. Also, and I'm pretty sure this is not the fault of the actual filmmakers, but the version I had had the worst English subtitles I think I've ever seen for a film. I don't think that's their fault. No, I know, but a lot of the, like, watching it, it did affect my viewing experience. A lot of the English sentences just did not make sense. And when the deaf character spoke, the subtitles showed no proper English words, trying to convey the difficulty the characters had understanding her. Do you know what I mean? Because she's deaf and she was speaking in a way that's not as fluent as other people. Well, maybe that's what she's, like, with the Japanese translation. Like, they don't understand, they don't know what the word is because she's saying it a bit differently. Yeah, the problem is, though, it meant more than half of what she said. Honestly, you just don't catch. You're like, you're trying to read, like, and the words aren't English words. You're trying to make out what they actually mean. I just think you can hear her speak differently. I don't think the person who put the subtitles on needed to misspell every single English word. All right. All right, enough of that. Now into the positives. The overall message here is really important. At its core, it's about a young man trying to seek redemption for his very, very cruel behavior as a teenager. It tells a good, solid story with a strong message. There is also one scene in particular here that is incredibly powerful and had me literally on the edge of my seat. This scene alone bumps it over to a recommend for me. Nice. Not a fantastic movie, but one worth a watch. Awesome. All right, my number seven film is Hotel Artemis. Never heard of it. 
Hotel Artemis is a film from this year. Stars Jodie Foster, Sterling K. Brown, Sophia Batella, Dave Bautista, Charlie Day, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. Yep. Zachary Quinto. Yep. Like, pretty decent lineup there. And it's basically set in a riot tour near future Los Angeles in a hotel, Hotel Artemis, which follows a nurse who runs a secret members-only emergency room for criminals. That actually sounds really interesting. It does sound interesting. And this film had potential. Mm. Like, does that not kind of sound like The Continental from John Wick? Sure. Yeah, and like I said, all those actors there, they're just wasted in this mess of a film. Like, it's very one-note and generic. No one looks like they're having a good time. Jeff Goldblum is underused here for the second time this year. The ending is super weird. I just wish they did something better with this premise they had. It's, it's a pass for me. Unlucky. Yeah. All right, we've got a couple of reviews here for Hotel Artemis from you guys out there. One from Jimmy Roberts. Great film that slipped under the radar. In a film full of criminals, the biggest crime is the long gaps in Jodie Foster's career. She is as brilliant now as she has ever been. Jenny Slate, also great in her small role. And another one here from Tuesdays with Mari. Just watch Hotel Artemis and wow, I love that Dave Bautista is actually getting quality film roles. Seeing him act alongside Jodie Foster was a pure treat. This film inspired a movie idea in my head. That's a... <coughs> That's a plagiarism suit right there. <laughs> No, thank you very much for those guys. What about your number seven, Dean? Okay, my number seven is a film that came out last year, which I didn't have a chance to see, called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Yeah, I saw that last year. I probably about the same level as you. I, d- I didn't like it. I didn't say I didn't like it. Yeah, I recommend it. I just realised you did. Yeah, okay. So I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore is about a, a young woman who gets burglarised and goes about her mission to track down what was stolen with the help of her pretty weird neighbour played by Elijah Wood. So I was just, you know, cruising around Netflix one night and saw this. You love to cruise around Netflix, don't, I don't you? I don't mind it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it at all. I spent ages trying to decide what to watch. I found myself watching- Well, it's a- good you found classics like The Basement. I found myself watching a Kevin James stand-up special Oh my god, night. I think you need to unsubscribe. <laughs> Oh, man. I got through five minutes. Um, Yeah, he's really bad, just for anyone. We're not talking about that. (laughs) Uh, This movie, though, it's... It's, I guess, quirky. Like, Melanie Linsky is a star. She's probably most famous for playing the neighbor in Two and a Half Men. But she's she's solid in it. Like, she doesn't stand out. She doesn't have a, you know, a bucket load of charisma or anything. But she's okay in it. It's just, I don't know what it is about this movie. Like, it just, it keeps you wanting to know what's going to happen. And it does eventually keep escalating from trying to find her stuff. And, you know, she goes to various levels of criminals to get her stuff mm-hmm, back. Yeah. But honestly, it's short. I had a good time watching it. It has some genuinely funny moments in it, and that's about it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. It's yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it, but tweets are own. Got a comment from a listener about this movie from I Want You To Watch This. They say, Elijah Wood plays adorably awkward amazingly. Yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of great in it, so yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. All right, what's your number six film? Number six for me is Leave No Trace. Oh, nice. I saw that recently. Yeah, and I think you recommended it, I believe. Yeah, just. Yeah, uh, mine's a just not recommend. Okay. Okay, let's go with the positives first. The film looks great. Like, it's got luscious green forest, and it makes for a good-looking image, basically. The premise of the story is an interesting one, and the subtle acting from Thomas and Mackenzie is pretty spot on. And I'm a big sucker for father-daughter relationship films. Like, I mean, look no further than last time, Hearts Beat Loud and Eighth Grade. Stunning films centered around father-daughter relationships. Just like father. <laughs> I like that film. I, I went to watch it the other day and I just watched a minute. I was like, I can't be bothered. It's too much effort. But you can watch I, the I need basement. to watch another Kevin James stand-up. <laughs> 
shit. I just felt this one to be kind of a drag, though. The film is obviously intentionally slow-paced, but I didn't think I would feel it that much. I also didn't really like the character of Will, the father, played mm. by Ben Foster. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if that's because of his acting or because of the character himself, because I thought the character overall was actually quite selfish throughout the whole film, and I ultimately didn't like where his character ended up at the end of the film. So after all that, I would just pass on it. Just pass. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I just have my number six. What's your number six, Dean? All right, my number six is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh, nice. Okay. I was planning to watch that today, but I didn't get the time. Have you seen any Teen Titans? No. Okay, so my kids love it. Yeah? Okay. Do you it love is, it? Uh, I can sit down and watch it if it's on, but not really. Okay. Like, it's it's very off-the-wall, cartoony, actually surprisingly funny film. Okay. There's obviously a lot of DC characters, and- You would have been loving that. Yeah, like, I do. Like, there's, you know, Batman, Superman- all that, like the whole Justice League's there, which is great. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't I get a five-star. I mean, star well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I'm trying to think of why it's not higher than a three-star for me, and it's just—I mean, it's just probably not for me. Like, it's aimed at young kids, and I think it's hilarious in parts. And I had a good time watching it. I know why you didn't like it as much. Why? Because you think the DC needs to be treated super seriously. You gave a little spiel about Lego Batman. I was like, why do we have to have these jokey Batman's more? Let's keep it dark. Let's keep it serious. No, have another jokey DC film. Oh, no, no. No, but that-, that movie was about Batman, who's a dark character, portrayed in a ridiculous comic way. Yeah. This is about- That's funny. Funny characters like Robin and Beast Boy and Raven Starfire. What's the other one? Ooh, you don't know the last one? Oh, look at oh, him. He's, Cy- looking, he's looking at my poster. <laughs> and Cyclops. Um, oh, how can you forget Cyclops? The plot is a bit thin, but the jokes take over. As I said, I was laughing out loud. It's a recommend for me. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely be watching it very soon. Uh, what's your number five? Number five for me is another film you got me to watch. Watch, indeed. <laughs> I was a man, and I watched this. I was a man. <laughs> I dare you to leave that in. That's arguably the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> watch, <laughs> indeed. I watched it. I'm a man. Watch, man. And that is Watchmen. So, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. All right. My number. (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously not a masterpiece, but it's not a piece of garbage, too. Like, it's perfectly in the middle. It kept me entertained for the duration of its runtime. Even if it did start to push its limits with its over two and a half hour runtime, I couldn't imagine watching the director's cut three and a half hour long film. Mm. Like, stuff that. There are some good characters in here, good relationships that get examined. A good Rorschach. I was going to say, Rorschach is my favourite character in this. of course he is. Uh, Decent action to go with it too. All the prison scenes are fantastic. I loved all that. So, yeah, I was putting this off because it just didn't interest me for some reason. So, it's better than I expected. So And I did enjoy it. So, thank you for getting me to watch it, Dean. You are welcome. We did get a review for Watchmen here from Jimmy Roberts again. Watchmen is in my top picks for comic book adaptations. It stayed wonderfully true to its source, apart from a slight change to the ending that made it even better. Great directing and one of the most well-cast comic films since X-Men. Thanks for that. Uh, What's your number five? Well, I'm sorry to bother you, but my number five... Joy. My number five was Sorry to Bother You. That's all right. Oh, it's a movie. Oh, that's much better. (laughs) So Sorry to Bother You is about a, I would say, poor man, bit down on his luck, who goes to get a job at a telemarketing business and goes on from there, I guess. Hijinks and Sue. Yeah, and a hijinks ensue. So it stars, it's actually got a really good cast. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, who I love, Terry Crews, Danny Glover, Stephen Yoon, and Army Hammer. So I really, really like the first two thirds of this film. Okay. I heard it goes in a strong tangent towards the there end. There is a gigantic tonal shift in the last act, which 
I've read a lot of people really liked it. But for me, it just took this film from being a, a realistic and relatable piece about, you know, a man who's, you know, struggling to make it big in the world and just tur- it just lost all credibility and turned it into some weird fantasy thing, I guess. But it just, it just, it lost me. It really lost me. Okay. This film could have been over four stars easily and it really dropped the ball in my eyes. The acting, especially from Lakeith Stanfield, is magnificent. Tessa Thompson as well, obviously. Yeah. It's really funny to see how he sort of starts out where he does and ends up where he does. It's a great, great story. Cool. Like, you love seeing an underdog tale. But when shit hits the fan, I just I tune out, honestly. Like, I know, I understand people will see this and be like, oh my god, that's so courageous. I love it. Well done. And I'm happy for you. If you love it, it just didn't do it for me. Is and there maybe- something you're not missing? Like, is there, is there like some sort of like deeper meaning to what what's being presented? On no, the no, film? no. There's no. There's not a lot of deeper meaning. That what they're showing is crammed down your throat. It's okay. not. This is not a subtle film at all. It is clearly showing the universe that we live in and the way, well, sort of the extremes of the way it could go. I'm really curious to hear what you think about it, knowing that this is going to happen, okay? Well, I- Because I knew nothing at all. Like, you were expecting something big now in the third act. I was expecting none of this. I was expecting a very, you know, a movie set in the real world, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, it lost it. Maybe it won't for you because you know, sort of, that there's a massive tonal shift that's going to come. Okay. Well, I'll definitely be watching it coming up and you'll hear my review on it next time. Okay, another comment from one of our listeners. Again, I want you to watch this. I love I love how it throws you in the deep end of its surreality without holding your hand through every oddity, of which there are plenty. I do not, but I'm happy you do. <laughs> Tell it like it is. All right. What's your number four film? My number four film is Minding the Gap. Yeah, that's one I want to check out. Well, I suggest you do it, Dean. So, for anyone who doesn't know what Minding the Gap is about, it is a- Like me. Well, I'll tell you right now. It is a documentary about three young men who bond together to escape volatile families in their Rust Belt hometown. Rust Belt? Rust Belt. What does that mean? Rusty? Yeah, with a belt. And as they face adult responsibilities, unexpected revelations threaten their decade-long friendship. And yeah, this is a great documentary. It's a very small and personal piece made by one of the three lads as he puts together this well-constructed and engaging film. Classic lad. Watching how all three of them had roughly the same childhood, bonding together through their love of skateboarding, and watching them all grow up so differently and see the paths they take, it was really, really good. It's very touching as well. Watching certain interviews along the way and how they look back at some dis- quite disturbing things that happened through their lives and how certain actions that one would take would affect another, it really was a fascinating and emotional watch. I would definitely recommend you watch this. Nice. Emotional. Very, very emotional. All right, a review here from the Film Inquiry Podcast Network, my favorite documentary of the year, in a year with a lot of great documentaries, so that's saying something. Yeah, it has actually been a really good year for documentaries. Well, this may not be the last documentary you hear from me today. Speaking of which, my number four film is a documentary from this year as well. What is it then? Three Identical Strangers. I wouldn't believe the story if someone else were telling it, but it's true, every word of it. It started when I went to college. It was the first day of school. All these people are coming up to me saying, Eddie, how are you? Eddie, hi. I'm like, my name's not Eddie. I don't know what you're talking about. As soon as this guy turned around, I knew it was Eddie's double. I said, you're not going to believe this. You have a twin brother. Oh, my God. As I reached out to knock on the door, it opens. And there I am. His eyes are my eyes, my eyes are his eyes, and it's true. And then the story went from being amazing to incredible. It was an article to Twins Reunited. 
I think I might be the third. Ah, very good. Well, why don't we just end all mystery here? This is my number two film. Oh, nice. Nice. So, Three Identical Strangers is about three young men who meet each other in 1980s New York, only to realise that they are identical brothers, all of whom were adopted out to three different families at birth. Yeah, one thing you need with documentaries is some intriguement. Like, if it's generic and by the books, it's not going to appeal to me. Mm. Three Identical Strangers is anything but generic. Yeah, it's very original. What a crazy story this is. It is. And, like, it's funny because... So, we've said the three of them meet. What's amazing is that, obviously, they don't all walk into each other at once. So, you get this amazing story of two identical people meeting. Yeah. And then you get a that's phone call. That's crazy enough. Yeah. That's crazy enough. But then you get this phone call like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing two of myself on the front page of a newspaper yeah. here. <laughs> it's, it's insane that this is actually a true story. It is. And these guys are so, they're so great. Like, these three young men are just so charismatic. And you get interviews as well with the present day selves looking back at the time they all met. It's really, really well done. It does have some good footage, like, yeah, mixed in together showing that. Mm. Yeah. And what it does is it does well in gradually releasing bits of the story as it goes along. Like hearing that story of them meeting the first of two brothers and then the third one and, mm. and you see them get involved in the interview and all their friends come in and talk about how much of a crazy time it was and this and their celebrity status they had. Yeah, they, talk appeared, shows yeah they appeared on TV a lot. It was crazy. All over the newspapers, obviously. It's just, could you imagine? Imagine walking around and you, you find out you've got an identical twin. I know. Out there. It's insane. But it's what happens halfway through with a somewhat behind the scenes reveal about the reason they were separated in the first place. It's, it's, that's where the, the like, the big, the crux. Yeah, it's where the, the twist happens, basically. Like, it's like, holy shit. Like, along with the subsequent stories that spill out after this lid has been taken off, it's fascinating, this second half. It leads down paths I didn't expect mm. it, it, and end up questioning my own world and, and all the, all those around me. No, fair enough. Well, yeah. oh, yeah, I, d- I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Yeah, a fantastic documentary, one that everyone should check out. All right, what's your number three film? My number three film is another film you told me to watch. End of Watch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Solid, solid movie. Yeah. yeah solid I thought you'd movie. like it. Felt very gritty and real. Mm. I, I love the style this film was shot in, that handheld sort of TV show cops style yep. footage. Yep. It made it feel much more authentic. Good, solid chemistry between Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. They really come off as like genuine best friends in this film. The action is confronting and hard to watch sometimes, but that's how it should be in this film. It it shouldn't hold back in the way it's depicting these events. I really enjoyed this film, and thank you very much for making me watch this. You're welcome. All right, we've got a couple of reviews here for End of Watch. One off our Facebook page from our mate Del Beckman. Loved it. Action-packed, but from the point of view of a handheld camera, which kept me on the edge. 8 out of 10 for him. Oh, chills, Del. And another one here from the Chewed Gum podcast. End of Watch was amazing. A very tragic end, but I love nothing more than first-person films. Thank you very much for those reviews, everyone. Okay, Dean, what's your number three film? My number three film is another film from last year, and another documentary, actually. Uh, Jim and Andy. The Great Beyond. Is it called The Great Beyond? Yeah, The Great Beyond. Yeah. This, you've obviously seen it. I this have. is about uh, Jim Carrey. It's basically a behind-the-scenes look at Jim Carrey's work on the film Man on the Moon, which is a biopic about the comedian Andy Kaufman. So, I'm a big Jim Carrey fan, mm-hmm. and I, he's someone I would consider actually quite private. I don't know too much about him outside of what I see in the movies. Yep. Now, he may not be, I just haven't seen it, but seeing this and seeing him reflect back on a time when he got so deep into the method acting of being this character was really, really fascinating. And it's fascinating because when he was when he was acting as Andy Kaufman, just to set it up, 
up a bit, he did not break character at all on set. Mm. And Andy Kaufman actually has an alter ego as well named Tony Curtis, who's a very gruff, angry, rude man. So, seeing Jim Carrey play Andy Kaufman playing Tony Curtis, pissing everyone off on set, it's really, really interesting. And to see the levels he would go to was just impressive, like, almost to the point of stupidity. Yeah. When he gets into physical altercations with other, you know, members of staff on set, like, it's- it's pretty full on, but what's also what I found most interesting is seeing other people on set ask Andy Kaufman or Tony Curtis, obviously played by Jim Carrey, about Jim. Yeah. And he would give these really insightful sort of views on what I think Jim Carrey was really feeling and thinking and to see, you know, him get played that present day and sort of respond to that and say, "Well, yeah, I think I think that's accurate." You know, it was it was really fascinating, really touching, and I didn't expect it to sort of be like that because I just don't see Jim Carrey as that sort of person. But he really, really does steal the show here in the present day interviews. Like, yes, what he does while making this film, Man on the Moon, is pretty ridiculous. But seeing him reflect on it in current day, it really, really... um. Oh, it impressed me. So, I really enjoyed this film. It's really interesting to see that how that film and that experience he had kind of broke him. And, like, I believe that you see the difference in his film making, his filmmaking that he does after this. Like, before this was his very comedic films. Like, your Ace Ventura's, your Mask, your Liar Liar. Your Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, exactly. And then he does Man on the Moon. And next and he does he, Truman Show. He has Truman Show. He's got Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, yeah. the number 23, the Majestic. The Majestic, like, yeah. It really feels like, yeah, he took a different turn after this. Of course, he went and did Dumb and Dumber 2, but he obviously he would probably say that was a, a mistake as well. All right, moving on from that, we know your number two. That's right. What's so your number two? Let's bounce back to my number two, which is Venom. We found something. We call them symbiotes. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. I'm feeling really sick. I'm hearing a voice. Eddie. You're not real. You were just in my head. I'm going to need Mr. Drake's property back. I don't know. Why would we do that? Okay, Dean, why so high? (laughs) Why so high? That is a good question. Um, I've heard a hell of a lot of critics pan this movie and basically just a lot of negativity about how this movie is made. Now, I'll just say up front, this movie could have and should have been a lot better than it was. Okay. So, it is my number two. It's still it's still three and a half stars, which... Seems generous. I mean, it is a little generous, but I can't get over how much fun I had watching this film. And I know I am maybe a bit of a sucker for these superhero films. A little. And I may overrate them slightly. But when I go to the cinema and I watch a movie like Venom, I'm having a blast. Now, are there issues with it almost nonstop? Yeah, sure. There are. All right? It's not right that this psycho beast bites off people's heads, okay, and you do not see a drop of blood, right? And it's not just that you don't see the blood when he does it. It cuts away. So, you can sort of say, okay, the camera's cutting away, whatever. But when he walks a few feet in one direction and then you turn back to the scene where he's just mutilated someone and not only is there no blood, but the body's gone, you're sort of just like, ah, 
I wish this film had been R-rated. I get why studio would push it to be PG-13, but, yeah, man, they don't I mean, care, they don't care about Deadpool ratings, worked. They care about Logan money. worked. Like, they made a shit ton of money. They should have just had the balls to go with the R-rated Venom. Yeah. Having said that, I did really enjoy it. Tom Hardy is really great in it, and the best parts, honestly, are when you hear Venom inside Tom Hardy's head speaking to them. It's surprisingly funny, and I did not expect going into it to the, for me to be laughing out loud at scenes. The plot does have some issues. Um, there's no doubt about that. It goes in places that, honestly, almost make no sense at times, but I get over it. Honestly, I get over it. I walk out, and I started thinking, I'm like, okay, it's edited poorly, and this is wrong. This makes makes no sense but i sort of i can overlook it because i had so much fun with it you know like venom is someone who is a character i love from my childhood had toys watch spider-man cartoons i know i'm biased here i get that yeah but i am i'm yeah. biased and i really enjoyed the film so you'll put it in the dumb fun category yeah exactly exactly yeah. where i put justice league sure yeah why not exactly are you gonna watch it uh i will eventually i'm not gonna go rushing out to see it i look forward to you bashing it i'm I'm going to be optimistic about it. You won't be. I'll try to you be. Are going to I was turn optimistic about Justice League. With your pretentiousness that you have. It's like, oh, you know, I didn't find that shot. Was You're talking realistic. about me being pretentious. You're talking about Midnight in Paris being so good. <laughs> yes. It was great. <laughs> Who would have thought that at this time after seeing both films, that Venom would be the poor man's upgrade? Oh, I mean, I wasn't going to talk about it, but this film is, you say the poor man's upgrade. Upgrade does what Venom tries to do 10 times better on yeah. every single level. If you have any love for Venom as a concept, my God, go and see Upgrade. It is phenomenal. I can't agree more. All right, we're into our top dogs, Dean, our number one films. And I'm delighted to say that my number one film is another film that you gave me, the fourth one. It is The King of Comedy. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like, Martin Scorsese, you are a superstar. Really? (laughs) It is so good. Really? It's fantastic. Like, one of the most, one of his more underseen films I would expect. Oh, for sure. But that no one ne- talks about the King that of needs comedy. to change. Like this, are you going to change it? I'm trying to right now. This film is great. We talk about De Niro and Scorsese, and we think of Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, of course. King of Comedy needs to be added to that list. De Niro's performance is so underrated in this film. You think of him like mob star, like tough nut. He he plays this obsessed person like he's trying to get on this johnny carson david letterman kind of talk show he's a comedian and he's he's trying to get on the show he he's trying to sidestep all the the hard work of getting there and just trying to get there and he's he starts becoming obsessed with this talk show host played by jerry lewis and it's basically him just harassing him all the time but he does it in this subtle way like he he doesn't think he's obsessed or harassed he just thinks he's this this cool calm guy you know he's quite nice to everyone but he he hangs out with these friends who are super obsessed like just trying to get Joe order- Pesci no Joe Pesci isn't in this film what <laughs> but I no I wonder no one saw him I seriously had such a great time with this film it is is it a comedy yeah okay yeah it is well it's 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 a dark comedy. It's not like massive laugh out loud chuckles throughout the whole thing. But you you kind of you definitely feel sorry for him just how he is because he's so he doesn't know he has a problem and he very clearly has a problem. But the way he acts mm. about it mm. is very interesting. And De Niro puts in a solid solid performance nice. here. I'm telling you, of all the Scorsese films I've seen, no, it's that good. Dean, it's in my top five Scorsese films now. Well, that's just stupid. Why you haven't seen it? I will bet you fifty dollars right now. That that this gets lower than four on my Scorsese list. <laughs> That's such a manipulative thing you can do. 
I bet you $50 that I will put this somewhere below the line that I need to, to make money. No way this is going to be better than Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. It's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not. Wow, that's quite a statement. It is. I really want you to watch it. Like, You really need to check it out. You're a Scorsese fan. You need to see this. I'm a massive Scorsese fan. And then you got to watch Kundun. <laughs> hey, Kundun. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> No, King of Comedy, fantastic film. Very good. What's your number one, Dean? What are the odds? It's a film you gave to me as well. Well, we did give each other a lot of films. We've done well this week, I reckon. <laughs> so, this film, far and away, is the best film I've watched recently. Uh, it's called Beasts of No Nation. Nice. So, Beasts of No Nation is a film about an African country that's going through wartime and focusing on one particular family and their struggles with what's going on. I honestly don't want to say too much because I went in knowing nothing and straight away I was just hit with like shock after shock after shock. It reminded me a lot of almost like a city of God, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, it's that powerful. It's that brutal. Idris Elba's in it in just honestly an amazing performance. You look at what this man does, even just his voice. Like, this is a, a British man yeah. putting on a perfect African accent. He is aggressive, ruthless. Oh, I love Idris Elba in this film. I really, really do. He did get nominated for a Golden Globe and understandably so. Should he have got nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, he should have. But this is, I think this was the first film that Netflix sort of tried to push for awards Ah, with the Oscars. And they were very new at it and they didn't really know what they were doing from what I hear. So, they may have failed with their campaign for the Oscars, but by no means should that take away anything from this film. Hmm. It is an amazing experience to watch. As I said, I don't want to say too much about plot because I don't want to give anything away. If you haven't seen it, like, honestly, I think the reason I hadn't seen it is because it reminded me of... um. What's that bad film called? Beasts on the Southern... Beasts of the Southern Wild. Beasts of the Southern Wild, which I wasn't a fan on of. Why did it remind you of that? Because it both starts with Beasts. I'm not even joking. But Beasts of No Nation, fantastic. I really, really want you to watch it. Tell you what, I'll watch King of Comedy by the next time we do this and you watch Beasts of No Nation. It's a deal. Okay, cool. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thank you very much to our guests, Alex and Julio from The Contrarians. Thanks, guys. We had an absolute blast. Yeah, exactly. So thank you very much for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week for Kill Bill Volume 1. Woo! Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.